You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as my other show, Enthusiasts, previously called How to Stan, visit 17caratkpop.weebly.com. And sign up for the show's free newsletter for interviews and much more at 17caratkpop.substack.com. Thank you! Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop and a very special episode of NCT Talk. I am in such a good mood. I finally got to see NCT 127 in a full-length concert. Not just a jingle bash, two to three sunset, but an actual full concert. Some of my initial reaction to the show is on 17caratkpop.substack.com, so you can also get more thoughts there, as well as a highlight reel video embedded right in the article. So check out the highlights and more of a review there. But for today's episode, I am going to dive into a more blunt assessment of the whole show. So I'm going to talk about 17 big things about the show, some pros, some cons, and some that are kind of a bit of both. I have to give the full disclaimer, if you're new here, hi, I'm Hope, I'm a huge N citizen, Taeyeon is one of my favorite people on the planet, I've done many specific episodes just about his solo tracks, I love this group so much, I am very personally invested in their journey, so yes, this is a biased review. I like to be open up front about that. But I do break up this review and try to balance this review you'll see on my Substack too, with personal subjective takeaways and a more objective music critic assessment of the show. Obviously, my bias can't totally be taken out of my analysis of the whole show. That's just how I experienced it, but I try. So keep in mind that any criticism I have is coming from a good place and that I do adore this group, but I try not to make that bias taint the whole review. I try to be objective, but also to a point you know I can't. So I just want to be upfront with you guys. I'm always open about that kind of thing. So with that element fully disclosed, here are my honest thoughts on the show in 17 categories. And I'm going to split this up with the cons first, because I do think there were way more pros than cons. I think it's safe to say that both objectively and subjectively. So cons first, then pros. I'm going to be pretty honest with you. The build-up to the show was not great for me. So con number one, everything that happened before the concert. This venue, United Center in Chicago, I have enjoyed before, but this time it was worse than usual. So it's not like the venue's always like this, I don't think. I don't remember it being this chaotic. But truly, the venue was a mess. I mean, it seemed harder than usual to even find room to walk around, It was so clustered and disorganized who got in when. Like, they let you in the main atrium before the doors technically opened. So we were like smush sardines in there waiting for 6.30. Then when 6.30 came, they said, never mind, we actually can't let you up to the level 2 or 3 until 6.45, which kept a bunch of people crammed in together waiting. It was just a mess. There were no lines for merch and stuff. It was one big blob. In no way did this resemble orderly lines. So that was all chaos. And the DJ was awful. I'm just going to say it. The DJ was so bad at this. I don't know who hired this DJ. I'm going to assume it was not anyone from SM Entertainment or NCT's team elsewhere because this guy was like, let's hear it for NTC. Who's here for NTC? Let's have a great night. I don't care if that was a slip of the tongue. That really just, that NTC moment really just summarized the whole night and how bad his set was. He just butchered some of my favorite songs and the remixes were just awful. 
The sound quality was bad too because it was like just one big cavernous echoing atrium. So all these people crammed into a small space where the sound is echoing off the walls as this fake and citizen starts pumping up the jams. It was just the bad kind of house party. It was so claustrophobia inducing and just bad and I was just not enjoying myself. Then there was still a frustrating pre-show just because it was uneventful except for the DJ. My favorite kind of buildup before a concert is like what Seventeen does, where they play their music videos chronologically. And it helps build up the suspense well, because as they get to more and more recent releases, you know they're getting closer to showtime. Here, there was no warning. There was nothing on the screen, so it was a relatively subdued crowd, just sitting there quietly, quietly for a concert crowd, waiting for this to start. No countdown, no indication when it would start. This show was a few minutes late, not too many, but notable just because K-pop shows seem notably prompt more than others I've been to, so it was just noticeable that this one was not as prompt, not as on the dot. And we didn't really know when it would start, because the lights didn't go down early for a countdown or anything, no videos played first, not even just ads, except one, which was literally like a blink and you'll miss it ad. Like it was for their AO album repackage. And it just flashed across the screen. Album repackage out the 30th. And it was like, was that the ad? Was that it? So the pre-show should have invested more in a music video countdown, not a pre-party with a not great at this DJ, but... All right, moving on. I took some issues with the layout itself. I'm curious, so if you go to the Link Tour elsewhere in the U.S., feel free to let me know what the layout of the stage is, because I'm curious if this is venue-specific or concert-specific. Because this venue was not laid out for the best viewing experience for everyone. Because if you got a seat far on the side, right or left, you couldn't see much of the screens. Because the screens were very low and relatively small. Usually if you're up high or far back or both, you can at least see a show that's not just looking at like a tiny speck of a person on stage because you have those big screens you can watch the whole show on. And those weren't really big screens, they were just low and small. They also kind of blocked off the center screen from the sides. So for example, there was a VCR with letters they wrote for us. These handwritten letters to us, very cute. But some were in Korean, and the translations only played in English on the screen in the center screen. So if you were on the far left or right, you totally didn't see any translations because your only view was one of the side screens that were kind of in front of and covering up the towards the back center screen. So the layout issue was frustrating. I was fortunate. I actually did get a pretty good view and a perfect line of sight to actually see the behind the scenes as they prepared to have their grand opening. I got to see some of that behind the scenes stuff from my angle. So that was very cool. Then, of course, there was the fact Hetchen couldn't make it due to his recent diagnosis. I really hope everything's okay with him. His absence was kind of impressively accommodated for. The members really did fill the stage still and carry out the routines without a hitch, despite having to adapt them last minute to turn into a routine for eight people instead of nine. But his absence was still, of course, really felt. Last con is just the set list was really good, but it also left out some of my favorites. And I was looking back through their discography, and it's just so chock full. It is so big. 
So it's really hard because how do you fit in so many songs that touch on so many aspects of their work and balance that with time to interact with the audience, time to just talk, time to change outfits as the videos play? It was inevitable that a ton of classics would not make the cut. There's just so freaking many songs in their discography. But I was just disappointed by a couple omissions. I would have loved and even paid extra just to see Timeless live. I know that's not technically 127, but it's an NCT song that is just gorgeous. Also a personal favorite of mine is Chain, which never got the love it deserved compared to some other singles. Would have loved to see Limitless, Simon Says, Bring the Noise, was on some set list but not this one. But I am very grateful. They did have some classics, including the performance version, extended version, of Cherry Bomb. They also had throwbacks that really took me back. Lots of love for the Limitless slash Firetruck eras. And Touch, love that Lipstick, one of their underrated Japanese songs, got a little bit of love. It's a mixed bag. Love the set list. Also wish there were some more on there. There are some that are my favorites, just personally, on a very personal level, that have special meaning to me, that I knew they weren't going to perform. Deep cuts like End to Start. But it's okay. I love all the songs, so it's fine. So the cons, the layout, the stage formatting, the pre-show fiasco, disorganization, all that stuff. Hetchen not being able to be there, and the set list. It's kind of a pro and a con. Things I liked about it, things I didn't. Now on to the pros, and then I'll get to my more personal, super subjective experience, especially just as someone with sensory issues, their music affects me in a very specific way, so I'll get to that. But more general pros first. They all looked so good. Before I get to the emotional, deeper meaning their music has to me, I must just say also, the surface level is pretty good too. They just looked incredible. Jenwoo's new haircut is so cute. Yuda is just a beautiful person. Like, physically and inside, of course, too. But, I mean, his tattoos, his eye makeup. He is just giving this punk-slash-early-aughts emo boy vibe that I knew he had, but he just really reinforced that and clarified how well he rocks that look. I just, I saw him and I saw flashes of a G-Dragon or another solo superstar. I really think he has huge potential. Really hope he gets full mixtape opportunities in the future. He just looked like a celebrity, a big star. Jaehyun is a blonde, is also a treat. And then, of course, there's the highlight that is Johnny. He looks so good, more ripped than ever, and his basically a pole dance where he was in a box, shirtless, and spinning around and twirling and flipping and making everyone freak out naturally. I mean, he was really literally, while in a box, he was performance art. He was art itself. The show itself, which this is what I get to in my Substack piece, was very much one of a kind. NCT have a very, very hard to describe, just one of a kind aesthetic and energy. Their vibe is just so, so different. It's very hard to explain. Their music is very goofy, but also just fun. And it's really kind of eclectic. It's hard to describe, but it's very distinct. And their show is equally just a very one of a kind, hard to describe energy I have not felt in the presence of at any other show, period. Their discography has a lot of weird moments, a lot of if-you-know-you-know you know energy, where it's, why are we just, like, grinning and saying things like vroom vroom and 
splash and woofing or whistling or all these other weird things? Or why are we doing weird dance moves like we're cooking or we're doing the splits or whatever? All that goofiness, that's kind of the point. The oddities are the point. The unconventionality is the point. The willingness to just not care how cringe you may look is the point. I really love that the carefree, experimental attitude they approached their songs with was recreated on stage. That they were everything at once. They didn't worry about looking just super professional or taking themselves too seriously, but they also just showed real talent. They weren't just being gimmicky and goofing off on stage. They struck a very interesting, hard-to-describe balance with their energy. This vibe of just bizarre from a non-fan perspective, like an outsider perspective is just like, what did I just watch? It was a lot of fun, but what the heck? And they brought that weirdness to a live show, and it really was just so one-of-a-kind, perfect for their one-of-a-kind discography. The show itself did just take on the same elements I love about their music. Sonically, it was all over the place. Without warning, you had smooth R&B transitioning into high-energy dance numbers, which, by the way, I was honestly more impressed by than I thought it would be. I worried they might be a bit rusty because some of those dance routines, they haven't come together to perform live in a couple weeks, so... But they really impressed me how much they're still on point. Anyway, so the genre, the style of each number, was anyone's guess. They also kept the element of surprise at the forefront because the very classic songs were totally remixed. They were just given new life, totally new renditions, big rearrangements. The show was so personally an NCT show. It was for N-Citizens for sure. They also kept the variety in terms of personas in place too. Moments that focused on rapping, moments that were sweeter and more emotional for ballads, dance numbers, etc. They also kept up the uniqueness with the versatile VCRs, the intermission videos. Some were just very goofy. This funny sketch had like a cat that basically the story was told from the cat's perspective. So you have the eyes of the cat as you walk around and do a bunch of stuff. It's hard to explain, but it was very goofy in the best way. But then they also had just more dramatic, sultry visuals, vampiric lore. They had their superhero status alluded to in the cinematic intro, where they all had their team-up moments with their special symbols. So they had the cinema, they had the comedy, they had the drama and sultriness. They really ran the gamut with the videos as well. In another way, they kept things interesting. The ways they made the show interactive. They didn't actually really connect with the audience to the same degree other K-pop acts have, which personally I was fine with this time. I get mad if I'm in a close seat and they don't interact with the fans much during the show. But this time I was a bit farther back and so I was fine because at least I didn't have to feel jealous because they didn't do that interacting. So I like it when I'm there. I'd rather they not do it when I'm not there. I wasn't there so I was fine with them not doing it. But when they did interact with the fans, it was equally just showing how weird and fun and distinct this fandom is. Shout out to whoever was passing out grass pins, pins that said grass on them, and the other funny freebies that were just very, if you get it, you get it, if you don't, sorry, moments. But also this fandom was interesting because they got animated at unexpected moments. They started chanting at unexpected moments. Some tried to start a wave, which fizzled out quickly. 
They threw way more objects on stage than I've ever seen at a show. Legit a whole cart's worth of hats and fake flowers and maybe real flowers too, maybe a plushie or two. I mean, the stage was a freaking gift shop by the end. Plus, so many people were all in the signature color, neon green. So yes, it was a very, very distinct crowd. But what I love about NCT, which I get into in the Substack piece, is that they lean into that weirdness. They embrace it. In this sea of neon green, holding up these pieces of neon green plastic, the light sticks, the members just say, yeah, we're doing this. And they took their own pieces of plastic, their light sticks, and just waved them around and did some dancing with them. And they took the hats and other objects thrown on stage, put them on right away, posed with them, goofed off, did some freestyle dancing, took breaks from the polished choreography to just be funny with each other. They showed off a very natural chemistry, brotherly dynamics. They teased each other. They joked around with us. It was a show that was just totally bizarre if you're an outsider who knows nothing about NCT. You're like, this is a weird vibe for the show. The crowd is quiet at the beginning, but then they get animated at weird moments. This crowd is saying some weird, goofy lyrics and doing some weird, goofy dancing. But very passionately, this group is so many different moods at once. So many vibes at once, so many aesthetics at once. What is going on? If you are a fan like me, though, this was the ultimate end citizen experience to just embrace your inner weirdo and enjoy the unconventionality, the inside joke of it all, the you had to be there vibe of the whole the whole night, really. It was such a distinguishable energy that I try to kind of explain the unexplainable about on Substack. But overall, my pros for the show include the looks, the versatility, the ways they showed off so many sides to themselves, the ways they played along with the crowd's weirdness and how weird the crowd was compared to any other K-pop crowd I've been in, their brotherly dynamics, they teased each other a lot, Doyeon made a great joke about, hey, let's make Johnny cry again like he did the last time we were here. And I knew what he meant, like cry happy tears, but just the deadpan way he said it was so funny. So to clarify, What I actually put in my list for the 17 reasons this show is memorable. The cons were, one, the pre-show, two, the stage layout, three, that Hitchin couldn't be there, four, the set list, sort of, that's a pro and a con, and five, was the real-time translations, which we did not talk about yet, so we'll get back to that. The pros, number six on my list, all the fun onstage moments, where they just showed off their fun dynamics together. Seven, the looks. Eight, the fans, the crowd, that was very weird and fun. Nine, the versatile VCRs. And ten, the versatile just show itself, bringing their quirky music to life. The live translation, their work being brought to a live format, was successful at still holding on to the essence of the one-of-a-kind discography they have. Number eleven, I said, was the Mark and Taeyeon moments, which I always live for. There were plenty of those, and they did do their collab, the Himalayas, that was just incredible. Twelve on this list, I put their solos, which were really, really cool. Not just Johnny solo dance, but Junwoo did this cool, suddenly he looked way more mature than ever, dance routine with this big hat and stuff for lipstick. Doyeon did a super beautiful intro for Favorite. Tail did a beautiful intro for Another World. Mark just really looked so chill and just channeled his inner rapper for vibration. Jaehyun's voice was incredible for Lost. 
Yuta, like I said before, I saw flashes of a G-Dragon level solo star in him with his interpretive dance and singing as part of Butterfly. The way that he went from sinning to walking down the runway to do his interpretive dance, flashing his tattoos, and the way his routine turned from more mature to just really mimicking a butterfly, more fluid, it was a really cool transition to see. But I have to pick my favorite solo moment to be my bias, Taeyeon. I have been listening to Moonlight again and again ever since seeing it live. It was just incredible. It needs a studio version. This whole show should get a studio version. I need all of these live renditions, but especially Moonlight, that song could be a hit if it was given the right promo. He looks so cool, so in the zone. Number 12 on this list, though, I put in the pro and con category. So number 11, the solos. Number 12, Taeyeon gets his own spot on this list for good and bad because the only downside was that I did feel bad for him. He's recently had a cold and so he actually flew in maybe 24 hours before the show started. I mean, he cut it really close. He did not travel to Chicago days early with the rest of the members. He just went later, and I just really hope he wasn't pressured before he felt physically well again to travel and tough it out. He brought the energy all night, so he did seem fine, but I really hope he wasn't hiding it, and he genuinely did seem fine. But poor jet-lagged Taeyeon. So I was so happy to see him. I was worried that he would miss out because of the cold, but the fact he didn't miss out also just makes me worry about him. I hope he genuinely had fun. I also love the place at the encore where he picked up and rocked the Spongebob hat someone threw him. It's always fun to remember after he shows off these really cool mature dance moves and stuff and then he turns back on his cute seaside and rocks Spongebob merch and talks about his love for Spongebob. I just love that so much. His duality is my favorite. 13, I said was the choreography, because again, I was very impressed. I had lower expectations than usual for a K-pop group choreography this time, this being the first show of the year, but they were on point. 14, I said were the merch options, because I've been to many K-pop shows where the merch just did not please me. It was either just ugly or very limited in quantity and variety of what you could get. They had a lot, though. They had buttons and stuff. They had different kinds of hats different kinds of t-shirts and sweatshirts, so that I appreciated. And I'm just a beanie freak. I love beanies. So that was extra exciting to get. 15. I put all the love for Johnny. It was very cool to see the crowd so just riled up and excited for him. It feels very special to have been part of this homecoming show for him, especially thinking about his just super impressive ab-bearing performance, his solo dance, like, Imagine going to high school with him and then watching him now. Like, whoa. The word glow up is too weak for this. The fact different members kept bringing it up, the fact that it was Johnny's hometown show, was just really sweet. They were all excited for him. Number 16, I said the mens, which were super sweet, and I do have the full mens. You can check those out as part of my highlight video linked to in that Substack post. Last thing I want to talk about is a big pro, which is just the immersive joy of the night, the escapism I felt, and personally how their music affects me. Before I go into personal mode, though, let's revisit the other thing I said, which was the translations. I don't want to critique the translations too much because I don't want it to seem like I'm annoyed that they have them. 
I think it's great that they do. And I'm not saying they should feel like they're forced to speak English while they're here. But something needs to change about how the real-time translations at K-pop shows work because I can never hear them. So I think K-pop fandoms have to put out a PSA before the show or something. Some sort of message of, hey, we all need to be quiet when waiting for the translator to tell us what was just said. Don't start screaming until after they finish telling us what was said. Like, we need a system because this is not working. Not dissing the fact they have them. Glad they do. Hope it makes them more comfortable. But there's got to be a better way because I can never hear them. I'm going to share the set list real quick, then get to my ultimate personal story. Kick It, Lemonade, Cherry Bomb, Elevator, Dreamer, Love Song, Tale Special Solo, Leading Into Another World, Run Back to You, Highway to Heaven, Breakfast, then a break for the VCR. Then Mark Solo, Vibration, Taeyeon Solo, Moonlight, The Himalayas, Mark and Taeyeon, Jun Woo's Dance, Four Lipstick, Johnny's solo dance as part of Focus, Jaehyun solo, Lost, Yuta solo, Butterfly, The Rainy Night, White Night, Back to You, Doyun's beautiful intro for Favorite, Regular, Love on the Floor, then another VCR. Next part was Paradise, Touch, Love Me Now, and Sticker, then a shorter VCR before Faster and Two Baddies. Then the final VCR, and they came back for an encore with Dreams Come True and Promise You. The encore was another part where the fans were more unexpected, more unpredictable than any K-pop crowd I've been in before because the crowd just sort of stayed in this quiet state of speechlessness. Like there really wasn't a big chanting of NCT or something like that to get them to come back to the stage. Everyone just sort of sat there waiting, knowing that they would come back for an encore no matter what. So that was an extra interesting difference. It was also interesting that there was no moment where we all held up a special banner or anything at the end, like usual. There was no big special message that a bunch of people held up. I saw some welcome home Johnny signs, but nothing on a grand scale compared to other shows where everyone in the crowd has one. So again, another way this show was very unconventional, just like this weird fandom where it's like, nah, we're not gonna just hold up a super sweet, cute sign. We're gonna throw hats on stage. That is just such an in-citizen decision. It's a, again, it's a very, you know what, when you see it, you had to be there kind of fandom. A very, why not, I guess, weird caution to the wind. Now time for the personal reflection. I've talked about this before on the show, but I do want to elaborate more because I've heard after telling this story before that it was a helpful way to describe life as an autistic person. So maybe I can help others who know someone who's autistic understand them and their experiences more if I repeat this story. So as I've said before on the show, I am autistic with a severe sensory issue. The way I put it is not neurological. So don't take this as a scientific way to put it but just totally metaphorical, just my way of describing it here. That my particles are all over the place. When other people's brains have particles in neat little shelves or neat little rows lined up, some sort of order to their brain, a sense of everything's in line, all is going according to plan, mine are always scattered all over myself, not concentrated in any one place, there are fires everywhere. Life is whack-a-mole trying to get rid of distractions and survive them rather than enjoy them. That's why there's such a big amount of autistic people like me who have severe anxiety disorders because it really takes a toll on you mentally to be putting out fires all the time. 
it's death by a thousand cuts when you go through your day and it's one thing after another that just leaves you exhausted because it was overwhelming. Things get overwhelming easily to me. I view life as like I see things and hear things with the phone volume and brightness turned all the way up compared to other people. So sound and sight in all the five senses really, smells, taste, touch, all of it is more intense than it would be for other people. In part because my particles can't just cooperate. So when other people, their mind can focus on stuff happening simultaneously because they have ordered particles like, okay, smell department particles, go process that sense. Hearing department particles, go process that sense. My particles don't get any instruction. So it's just like, try to figure this out. Try to process, I don't know, you tried the scent today. You tried the taste today, whatever. And they're just haphazardly like, okay, let's just wing it. And they end up trying to process stuff that they don't know how to process. So I get overwhelmed easily. Now you may be thinking, why the heck are you at a concert then? If this stuff is intense to you. And I truly cannot begin to express both how much I understand that and how weird this is, but also that how powerful music is. Truly, music takes people to a new place. And music can really change everything. When I have the right music on, suddenly my particles do clean up their act. And they find a way to tamp down the flames and just get in line and allow me to focus and get into a new mental place. Because of my anxiety, since birth really, I don't really know what it's like to be calm. It looks kind of fun to be serene, to be at ease. Sounds fun, but foreign to me. But the way I view listening to the right kind of music is, I think that's what calm feels like, is the way I get when I listen to my favorite kinds of music. The kind of music that just taps all the right buttons in my head, flips all the right switches in my head, and gets those particles to clean up their act and stop bugging me so much all day. Now, if it's music I don't like, that doesn't do anything for me, it's still chaos mode up there. But with certain artists and their music, I don't know what the secret sauce is, but the formula really works with my brain. And so instead of having to deal with a big cacophony of issues in my brain in the external world, I haven't even talked about the ways this mental you-know-what cluster you-know-what is going on. Then there's the chaos that I get in the outside world. But when I have music on, it's like everything goes away and I'm just kind of in my own world. Like I really do like ascend. I'm in a new trance-like state, and I think that's what feeling calm must feel like when you have periods of time where you aren't consumed with thoughts about everything going on around you and aren't feeling like you're gonna pass out and or cry and or lose it. Like, you really just vibe? I mean, I caught a vibe during the show. And suddenly, all the sights and sounds that could overwhelm me really just coalesce and calm me in a way. It's kind of like why autistic people sometimes like stress balls or weighted blankets or things like that because we need something to strain up those particles. So maybe it's concentrating them, corralling them all into one area through a weighted blanket or teddy bear or something. Maybe it's by concentrating your energy on physically doing something like a certain exercise or squeezing a stress ball. Something that consciously concentrates that chaotic energy. And for me, that thing is music. To me, it has like the mental equivalent of working like a weighted blanket with a sense of tampening down all of the chaos inside. Like, everything's alright, just catch this vibe, everything's good. 
So, pre-show, I was really going to lose it. Like, I was really a wreck because the crowd, the noise, the chaos was intense. It was just so bad. But I knew it would be worth it. It would be worth it to get through it. Literally push through it because my special elated saving grace was on the way in the form of a concert. With certain artists, their music just does that for me. So, during this show, I just, like, felt like I was really just on a trip mentally. I really did for a couple hours. It was just me and the music. I was part of this nice way to keep my energy focused and concentrated with the the ways NCT's music is so good for rocking back and forth to, for just doing goofy chants and songs and ad-libs along with, for just being goofy and dancing to, for being permitted to free your inhibitions and let loose a bit. Just the overall immersive nature of it with the pulsing light sticks and the flashing lights in time with the music that is so good to rock back and forth to. It all had this steady rhythm that was just so calming for me. Even though calming sounds like a weird word when we're talking about like EDM music and stuff, but this was just so therapeutic. My alt groups are NCT and Seventeen because of that. I love a lot of other groups too, as you know. But wow, I mean, certain artists work. They're my favorites for that reason above all others. Just at a very personal level, their music just does what I had to do. I have so many memories of days where I'm like, I can't believe I'm in college. How am I supposed to handle college another day? But I would end the day by putting on my surround sound, noise-canceling headphones, and just going to N-City or taking a trip to Seventeen World. And mentally, I just recharged so much. I felt truly like the energy equivalent of a concert for me, probably like a week's worth of sleep if you had to quantify it, which would be an interesting, if possible, experiment. To finally have that Neo City I've escaped into mentally throughout the college years, have that be recreated in the real world outside of my brain was just so cool and reaffirming and special and cherishable. And oh, I just had such a good time. I'm in such a good mood now. It really just gave me such a a recharge that I needed. Such an energy boost and such a fun reminder why I'm an end citizen. And why so many people are. Because the weirdness, but the ultimate just intoxicating energy of the experience of going to N-City, of Neo City, is just so cool. It's so special and distinct. Overall, the show was just such a spectacle, and I loved every second of it. It was euphoria for me. My issues with the show are less about the show itself than the circumstances surrounding it. But once I got in the zone, I was in the zone. And I loved the show. I also always think it's a marker of a great, well-done show when the issues you have with it often have to do with what didn't happen, not what did. Like what was omitted from the set list. I do wonder, honestly, how many autistic K-pop fans have the same alt groups as me? Because there are other K-pop artists, I think, who do a great job with doing that kind of function with their music of just being so busy instrumentally and sonically that it gets your brain to kind of just focus on one thing, which is just keeping time with the music and getting swept up in it. So I wonder how much is just psychological about these groups and how much is just very personal. I don't know, but that's my experience. So I'm so grateful I finally got to see them live, see City live. And you should too, because like I said, it's an ultimate you had to be there show. Like, it's so hard to explain what it's like, but the crowd, the show itself, so, so different. And I loved it. The group continues to be an acquired taste, and I think that's what makes them great. 
So thank you, NCT, for the beautiful saving grace that is your music, as well as just bringing your all to the show and giving me such a special memory I will cherish for a very long time. And please come back soon. We miss you already, Johnny. So glad you could come back, though. And here's to many more wonderful memories for N-Citizens meeting up in Chicago. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today for my full reaction and processing of my incredible experience, my very emotional roller coaster of an experience, and I'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye everybody, enjoy the show if you're going, congrats if you did already, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye!